Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello, greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Episode 233. I could keep going with these because I uh, am going to go over one of my rookie drafts. I think this is going to be the last one that I talk about in depth, just because uh, I think it did get a little bit redundant. But uh, I did want to talk about this one last rookie draft. There were a couple things that happened that were unique to the draft, some trades that were made. Gives me a chance just to talk about some players that I like more than others or players I don't like as much as others based on where they were drafted. And so that's what you're long for the ride. I always say on these type of podcasts too, there's a written form of it on the website at dynastyfreaks.com. Sometimes seeing these are a little bit easier to read than to hear a podcast through. So feel free just to go to the website and read about this particular draft or You can stay tuned and listen right here. Let's talk. I call this my good times league. And it's the very first dynasty league that I ever started. I started it back in 2015. And while it was the first dynasty league that I started, it's become my least favorite, to be honest. That's because historically about half the owners have been uh, very inactive during the offseason. But that said, two years ago, uh, we had three teams leave the league. And we had a dispersal draft, which brought a little bit more active managers into the dispersal draft, so that was pretty fun. The league's definitely got a little bit more fun the last couple years since that's taken place, but still not my favorite league because of the inactivity of several of the managers. Amazingly, uh, one of the inactive managers won the championship the first four years in a row. I've never seen that. Uh, that's so crazy. Uh, I've never seen more than two championships in a row, and this guy won the first four right out of the gates after our, after our startup draft. And since that time, though, a different team has won the championship every year, including my team in 2020. I won. It's um, too bad, you know, that league. this league is one of my least favorites because it is, I think, my best dynasty roster. Uh, last year, I was the number one seed in the playoffs, but I lost in the semifinals. You know how that goes with playoffs. Leaving me with the eighth pick in this 10-team uh, league draft. There were a few trades that went down. Uh, there, there were not any trades that, that went down uh, for me in this league. This, Like I said, inactive doesn't trade a whole lot in this league. And so as a result, I have the eighth pick in all five rounds of the rookie draft. Um, just real quick for context, it is a 10-team half PPR league uh, with 30-man rosters. And during, the, during this part of the season, we actually have 35-man rosters after the five rookies are added. Then we have a cut date where you got to cut down, back down to 30 just before the season starts. We start 10 players. It's a one-quarterback league, so one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, and then we have a kicker and a defense in this league. It's an old-school league, my first dynasty league, like I said, so I'm happy to keep going with it, even though folks are less active. I still want to win some championships, especially now that we started adding money to this league, too, so there's that. Well, here's how the draft played out. It'll give you time to just make a comment on the players that I picked, as well as some of the abnormalities in this draft, too. Round one went like this. Uh, B. John Robinson, Jamar Gibbs, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnson, Anthony Richardson, my pick at number eight, Zach Charbonnet, uh, Kendra Miller, and then Dalton Kincaid. Again, Robinson, Gibbs, Addison, and Jigba, Flowers, Johnston, Richardson, Charbonnet, Kendra Miller, and then Kincaid. 
So I've had several seven rookie drafts so far this season, and this is the first time that I've seen Jordan Addison drafted ahead of Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Zay Flowers drafted ahead of Quentin Johnson. So both of those were unique to this draft. It's not a huge surprise to me because I do have them all four back to back to back to back to back in my rankings. I may have given one too many backs there. All four of them right back to back in my rankings. So it's not a crazy thing, but I've just never seen it happen. Um, I actually have Flowers ranked ahead of Johnston, making me a little bit unique in that. But it's interesting, you know, to see the the way that they were picked in this draft. I do believe that Addison is probably going to have a quicker start to his playing career, uh, just playing opposite Justin Jefferson. And I think Njigba is going to have a harder time early in his career when he's got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to compete with. But I still like Njigba uh, more in the long run. As for Johnston and Flowers, both of them have some pretty stiff competition too. Uh, the Chargers, though, have a much better pass-friendly offense, especially with their new offensive coordinator. So I think the managers, you know, that's why a lot of managers have drafted Johnston ahead of Flowers by quite a bit in my drafts. He's constantly drafted uh, quite a bit ahead of Flowers. But again, this was unique that Flowers went before Johnston and Addison went before JSN. There was a big trade that took place in the first round. A team traded up to 1.7 to draft Anthony Richardson. He traded away this. This was the package. He traded away A.J. Brown, and in return, he got back up into the draft to get this 1.7. He also got the 5.1 in this draft, and he got Javante Williams and Brock Purdy. Pretty crazy haul. A.J. Brown for 1.7, 5.1, Javante Williams, and Brock Purdy. That's quite a haul for A.J. Brown. The team that traded the 1.7 uh, only has Deshaun Watson as his starting quarterback on his on his team. He's got other teams. He's got Tom Brady, who might not be playing this year unless this Oakland or Las Vegas rumor stuff happens. We know Brady's out right now. Um, but that's his only NFL starting quarterback is Deshaun Watson. So you can see why he wanted to trade up for a running back. And he also got Brock Purdy down the deal. And Purdy, of course, could be, if he's healthy, named the starter as well. Uh, Richardson aims, you know, is going to see playing time. I think it'll probably start ahead of Gardner Minshew right away. So either way, he's got some quarterbacks now besides Deshaun Watson. Richardson has been the first quarterback drafted in every one of my drafts, all seven of them, even though he's my third ranked quarterback in this class. So I'm willing. I'll stand alone on this island. I'll boast if I'm right and I'll eat crow. I'll be honest if I'm wrong. I would just prefer the college, the pedigree, you know, recruiting pedigree and the college production of CJ Stroud and Bryce Young over Richardson. Just Richardson's just a bet on traits and potential you know, I just can't believe that he's getting drafted in every single one of my drafts ahead of Stroud and Young, but that's what's happened for sure. I'm alone on an island, happy to stand there, happy to eat crow if I'm right, but I will also boast, uh, I mean, eat crow if I'm wrong, but I'll also boast if I'm right. As for my pick, um, the Richardson pick actually allowed uh, Charbonnet to fall to me, uh, just as he did at 1.8 in the very first rookie draft that I had. I've got him in another league at 1.8 as well. I was super pleased to draft Charbonnet because I think, you know, he was the top player on my board, so I took that. He was top player without question, kind of the end of the tier for me. And then I think that he's going to push Kenneth Walker for playing time this season. It will not only be Seattle's passing downs back, which I think is really clear, I think he's actually going to become their goal line back as well, where Walker's been inefficient some uh, in his first year. If not, he could even over, over outright overtake Walker as their lead back. So it's rare to see a third-ranked running back in Dynasty rankings, third-ranked rookie running back in Dynasty rankings, fall all the way to eight. Usually those running backs get pushed up the board quite a bit. And rare, too, that the NFL's third highest-drafted running back fell to me here at the spot, but I was very happy to take him, very confident in what he's going to be bring to the table in Seattle. Round two. Round two went like this. 
11, Devin Achain. 12, Bryce Young. 13, Jonathan Mingo. 14, CJ Stroud. 15, Michael Mayer. 16, Roshan Johnson. 17, Tajay Spears. 18, my pick, Josh Downs. 19, Tank Bigsby. 20, uh, Rashi Rice. Uh, there really wasn't anything too surprising about the second round. Most of the players that were drafted right here have been pretty much drafted in these spots and all the drafts that I've been a part of. The only exception really is Roshan Johnson, who gets drafted earlier than I would draft him and did again here. It's been happening in every draft. He's, he's been drafted way earlier than I would draft him. He always gets drafted earlier than I thought. I have Johnson ranked number 28th in my rankings, but he was drafted 16th in this draft. He was drafted as early as 17th in one of my other drafts and as late as 27th in the other one. So I'm way out of range on my thoughts on uh, Roshan. I love my fellow Longhorn, but he's got another Longhorn and Deontay Foreman ahead of him and Khalil Herbert ahead of him in the Bears depth chart. I think both are better players, all around better players than Roshan. And so I've not been high on Roshan because of the guys that are in front of him there in Chicago. I would much rather have drafted uh, Tajay Spears or Tank Bigsby who came in the rounds and uh, the picks just following Roshan. So a pretty big surprise there. But speaking of Spears, a team actually traded up in the draft to select him. The team that drafted Spears uh, traded up to get him, traded up, uh, gave away the 4.1 and his 2024 second round pick. So he moved into the 2023 second round and was willing to give up a 2024 second round. So pretty, pretty big move. This guy is definitely high on Spears. The team that added Spears was the worst team in the league last year. They deservingly got the 101, so they have added... Bijan Robinson. They're also the team that made that trade for AJ Brown. So now their team has got BJ Robinson, uh, Bijan Robinson, AJ Brown, and uh, Spears at this point in the draft. So hoping to make a quick return, uh, not to be um, number one and not to have the 101 pick next year. He's going to be banking on it since he was willing to trade away a second round pick just to get a second round pick this year. We'll see. Okay, as for me, my pick was Josh Downs, and I've this is my very first share of Downs that I've had at 2.8. I was hoping that Spears would fall to me there, so that trade actually sniped me, thanks to my friend Dave Brown for sniping me on that one. Uh, but I was trying to decide between, in this pick now that uh, Spears was gone, between Sam Laporta, Marvin Mims, and Downs. I have Laporta ranked four spots ahead of Downs, but I already have five tight ends on my roster, including three second-year tight ends, so I decided really to pass on Laporta. And I have Mims actually ranked one spot ahead of Downs, but when it came down to it and I was on the clock, I went with Downs instead. So sometimes that happens. You you have your guys ranked, and then when you're really on the clock, you see what you really would do. So I need to make that change in my rankings because I picked Downs here instead of Mims. Uh, I had Downs ranked as, as a first-round draft pick before the NFL draft, but moved him back to 18th in my rankings after his draft capital fell and his landing spot wasn't really the best. Like I already said I'm pretty concerned about Anthony Richardson and his, panning out in the NFL. And so if I have concerns about him, I definitely have to be concerned about his wide receivers. So I do have that concern, but I just said uh, when it came down to it and I was on the clock, I just remember how much I loved his college tape and his production and thought I'd rather have a share of downs over a share of Mims who fell actually back a few rounds, a few picks later into the third round. Speaking of that third round, here's how the third round went. Marvin Mims, Sam Laporta, 23, Chase Brown, 24, Jaden Reed, 25, Izzy Abandikanda, 26, Jalen Hyatt, 27, Luke Musgrave, 28, Cedric Tillman, which was my pick, 29, Zach Evans, 30, Eric Gray. So after drafting downs, what I did immediately is I kept offering Nico Collins 
if anyone want preferred Nico Collins compared to the picks, because if I could have got Mims or Laporta for Collins, I would have loved that. I felt like that was a fair, fair offer, but no one took me up on it. And so Mims and Laporta, they start off the third round. Uh, those were the guys that I was trying to trade up for if I could find a way to do it. The top and middle parts of this round were all just really good picks, I think, uh, except for the last two picks of Zach Evans and Eric Gray. They were the ones that I really considered to be a reach. Uh, Gray and Evans are ranked 47th and 48th in my ranking, yet here they went 29th and 30th. Pretty big difference there, almost 20 spots. And I understand, you know, managers taking a gamble on the upside, hoping that they could become the backups to Saquon Barkley and to Cam Akers. Still, uh, their fifth and sixth round draft capital is just not great. And the backups, you know, that, that they already have on their these NFL teams uh, are pretty good too. And so they drafted, Kyron Williams was drafted around, he was drafted in the fifth round, uh, where um, where Evans was drafted in the sixth round, so they already invested a little bit more capital in Williams last year than they did in Evans this year. And then Matt Breida, you know, he's proven. He's proven that he can be an NFL backup. And so I think that Gray has a lot of work to do to over, you know, usurp Breida to become the number two. I would rather have drafted Evan Hall or Deuce Vaughn um, in this, this round of the draft where they were. So as for me, uh, I said it was uh, Cedric Tillman. Uh, I just stuck to my board, and Seth Tillman was the, the player that I had ranked highest. I had him ranked 25th in my rankings, and here I drafted him at number 28. I am a little concerned about his competition in Cleveland with Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, and Donovan Peoples-Jones ahead of him on the depth chart. Still, at the end of the third round, I was pleased to add a player that was actually drafted in the third round of the NFL draft. So Tillman didn't have you know excellent college production, but his athletic testing and his size being bigger than a lot of the receivers in his class moved him up NFL draft boards, and he was drafted in the third round, which makes me think the Browns think a lot of him. The only other player that I considered at, the, at drafting at this spot was right, the player I had ranked right behind him, and that was Tank Dell. But that's the player that, strangely, I was able to get 10 picks later as we go into the fourth round. Round four went like this. 31, Will Levis. 32, Evan Hull. 33, Deuce Fawn. The guys I would have drafted ahead of Gray and Evans. 34, uh, Luke Shoemaker, 35, Hendon Hooker, 36, uh, Keishon Butte, 20, 37, Michael Wilson, 38, Tank Dell, my pick, 39, Puka Nakua, and 40, Dwayne McBride. Uh, the only pick that I really didn't like in this round was Hendon Hooker. Um, in a one-quarterback league, I just don't think Hooker needs to get drafted at all. Uh, Jared Goff is far better quarterback than he gets credit for, and I think the Lions are going to see that even more this year now that the team's improving. They've given him even better weapons. I think Goff can keep Hooker at bay this season and prove that he's worthy of a new contract after his expires in 2024. Um, I don't see a need to have Hooker in a one-quarterback league. Uh, then, I love the value of all the wide receivers in this round. Uh, this is the round where I've most often drafted uh, Keishon Butte or uh, Puka Nakua. Uh, I, I even consider Michael Wilson here, even though he normally gets drafted quite a bit ahead of this. Um, this late in the draft, I liked it. I liked all those picks. I wanted to draft Nakua because he's the player that I've drafted most often in this round because I really love his college tape and I think he has a great opportunity to become an immediate, earn immediate targets uh, there with the Rams. But I, you know, stayed on my board and I drafted the player that I almost drafted 10 picks earlier in the third round. That was Tank Dell. Uh, Houston drafted him uh, with a sixth pick of the third round and CJ Stroud apparently was told the Texans that he wanted to draft Dell. Uh, Dell's definitely going to have to break the mold. He's super, super tiny, and he's going to break the mold, though. I think that he's the one that can. He had far more college production than the likes of the other tiny receivers that were drafted recently, like take Tutu Atwell. His 17-touchdown season last year in college 
made me thrilled to take a chance on him this late in the draft. He's the kind of player that I think can break the mold. And even though if he's got this 160-pound frame, I want to see if he can do it. I was thrilled to take a chance on him here in the fourth round. Now finally to the fifth round. Fifth round went like this. 41, Sean Tucker, 42, uh, Kenny McIntosh, 43, Jalen Brooks, 44, Xavier Hutchinson, 45, uh, Tucker Kraft, 46, Chris Rodriguez, 47, Andre Yosevich, Yosevas, I always mis- mispronounced that, 48 was my pick, Tyler Scott, 49, Clayton Toon, 50, Jake Moody. Um, I'll never make fun of picks in the fifth round because everyone's just taking a stab, but Jake Moody, really? A kicker? <laughs> we're, we're going to Mr. Insignificant uh, cracks me up. It's actually a kicker. Uh, you know, it is an old school league where we have kickers, but I don't think that I've ever seen one drafted in a rookie draft, but here we have it. Uh, Sean Tucker, Xavier Hutchinson, Chris Chris Rodriguez, those are the kind of players that I was targeting this round. Those are the players I usually like to target. Um, but the player that I've been getting the most of, actually, is Tyler Scott. He's my 33rd ranked player, and I got him here at pick number 48. So 15 spots different in my rankings where I had him 33, and I'm picking him up here at 48. Uh, he has more competition in Chicago than I would like. He does have to surpass you know, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool are ahead of him. But he also has one trait that's better than them all. He has breakaway speed. And late in rookie drafts, that's when I start to value traits ahead of college production and tape. Whereas in the early rounds, I do the opposite. Scott's just a burner. Who many scouts uh, had him ranked, you know, way way higher than where he was drafted. Uh, a lot of different scouts, can, you know, that I've listened to have said that he's really going to be the super sleeper of this NFL draft, and now going to be a sleeper here in our dynasty draft. Um, he was, you know, one of my sleepers too, and now I have him on three of my squads. I drafted in the fifth round of this draft, added him off waiver wires after a four-round rookie draft in another league. And then I traded my 2024 fifth round pick in one league so that I could draft him in the sixth round of that league. Scott is being terribly, terribly overlooked in most leagues. So I was very happy to pick him up as the last pick of my draft here. Just to just give like an overall assessment of my roster. I do feel like I have one of the best rosters in the league. If Justin Herbert can bounce back from his poor season last year, which ultimately tanked me, I'll surely be a championship contender. I always prefer the strongest part of my dynasty rosters to be the wide receiver position, and I'm loaded in this league at wide receiver. I have four of my top 12 ranked dynasty receivers on my roster. I added a lot of wide receivers in this draft, so they can just kind of wait and develop, is that, you know, see if they can become potential starters on my roster. I added the one running back uh, to a pretty solid running back core that I have. Uh, kind of have three every week starters that I could rotate in. You know, I have Charbonnet to be added to that too. I didn't draft a tight end since my squad already has three second-year tight ends that developed behind my veteran tight ends. Um, I added to my best dynasty roster, and I'm uh, poised for another championship run with, uh, and really, one that can continue for years to come. Just real quick, I'll tell you, my quarterbacks are Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Sam Howell, so solid there with Herbert. My running back's pretty strong, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders. Those are the three that I think can just rotate and start any week. Then I have Zach Charbonnet, Damian Harris, uh, Devin Singletary, Jalen Warren, Jerome Ford, and Travion Williams. Here's my stud wide receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown, Chris Olave, Stefan Diggs, T. Higgins, Debo Samuel, Mike Evans, then the, the latter, the, the developing part, Nico Collins, Isaiah Hodgins, Sterling Shepard, Kyle Phillips, Josh Downs, Tank Dell, Cedric Tillman, and Tyler Scott. And then my tight ends, Dallas Goddard is my starter, Zach Ertz, when he's healthy, and then I've got 
developing Chig Aquanco, uh, Greg Dulcich, and Trey McBride. Pretty solid team. I'm looking forward to, even though this is the league that's less active, at least it's active during the season, and I plan on competing strongly for the championship. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. I'm much better on email than Twitter, so that's the best way to get a hold of me. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review at Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me as an independent podcaster. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.